Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves his pizza lunchables, Brandon Siegel. I just want to point out here, pizza lunchables are the number one lunchable. I understand there's a lot of good ones, and I'm not saying that there aren't, but they are the number one lunchable. Do you know what the typical like candy bar is that they put in the pizza lunchables? I believe it's crunch. But crunch. Uh, why don't we ask our uh, special guest for today, because I think he's about to interject and kill me well, if I don't. I have two guesses. My I, haven't fir- even, I haven't even introduced you yet. Can, can I introduce <laughs> hey, you Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm here. Uh, so our special guest today is, uh, we, we had some technical difficulties earlier in the week. Uh, we were going to record an episode on Thursday with a special guest. Um, which will come out later. Uh, we ended up losing all of the audio, which is very sad for that episode. Um, so we will come back to that guest. Um, a little clue at who this person is. He is a Division One basketball player. Um, but today we have a no Division One basketball player, uh, but a uh, a podcast favorite, I'd say. A small world podcast favorite, correct? Yeah, Trevor? a man who looks like Sam Darnold also. He does look like Sam Darnold. Uh, my, my dear roommate... Uh, option not not uh, option number two, but number one in our hearts, Ben O'Brien. I am honored to be your backup guest for this podcast. I am not nearly as good as the original guest that you had planned, but I will gladly take the backup role here. If you were to rate our original guest, just to get the, the the viewers hyped up for this potential episode in the future, versus your rating, what would you give? Which your rating is very high. I'd like to point that out in my heart. I would give the original guest that we had planned a 12.7 out of 10, nice. and I would give me a 2.9 out of 10. All right. I, th- I think you're a little... <laughs> Dang, Trevor's roasting me. I've, I've been here for 30 <laughs> seconds, and he's roasting me already. Ben, I'd like to say we are very, very happy to have you on, as always. You are our first two-time guest, um, so you should be more than honored, I think. But uh, yeah. let's let's move this along. Trevor, why don't you give us our rundown for today's episode? All right. So for today's episode, we're going to talk about Kansas, uh, who at their Midnight Madness, Midnight Madness had Snoop Dogg perform. We're going to get into the California law, which has been a hot topic in the past couple weeks. Cal Kuzma with his new deal with Puma and Jimmy Butler showing up to practice very early, six and a half hours early to be exact. And then uh, the NBA preseason, which recently started then we're going to get into small talk trivia which we will do a little bit different today randomly ranked and finish up talking about college football and then the nfl uh so as always a just fabulous episode planned and let's get right into it uh so kansas basketball uh had a their midnight madness which uh trevor it's just like a hype up event correct just yeah getting everyone excited event. for yes. uh, kansas basketball um and they hired snoop dogg to perform which is i mean that's great right I mean, Snoop Dogg's awesome. I'd like to see Snoop Dogg. Would you like to see Snoop Dogg? I mean, sure, but I don't know if it's, like, the best person at performing at your Midnight Madness. Well, we'll get to that right now. Um, So Snoop Dogg had, and I quote here, he had stripper poles, fake money, and uh, some profanity involved. Uh, And this is supposed to be a family fun event. So uh, the uh, Kansas Athletic Director held a statement um, saying a couple things, which we'll probably get into in a minute. Um, but Ben, what what are your thoughts on this with uh, Snoop Dogg coming to this event? My first thought is, wow, um, it it's a rough one. I don't really know what they thought they could get out of this. Um, I know that their athletic director Jeff Long released a statement basically saying we made it clear that we wanted it to be a clean show, blah 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 blah. But my first reaction to this was, I'm sure there's plenty of kids here. This is supposed to be a family environment. I don't know what you thought you were gonna get out of this, but it's not the best look for Kansas. I know they're, they've apologized and stuff like that. I don't know how sincere it is. Wow, that's all I have to say. Yeah, th- I feel like if you want a family fun event, don't hire Snoop Dogg. I, I just think that's... I agree. I mean, I love Snoop Dogg. I'd love to see Snoop Dogg, but 
that's definitely not the person you should hire, and especially after they had high-level NCAA infractions. So, Trevor, what are your what are your thoughts on this? I mean, you get these infractions; they're high-level NCAA infractions tied to recruiting and stuff. I mean, what's going on at Kansas? Yeah, it's just horrible timing. After you have NCAA violations, and then this happens, which um, to me, it's kind of just like a shot, a direct shot at the NCAA. I don't think Kansas really cares about their violations. Um, I, I maybe they don't think that the NCAA is actually going to do anything about it, which I would probably contest is is wrong. I think the NCAA is going to have some violations here that is going to be pretty dramatic. Um, but I mean, this is not the best look for them. And the quote from the athletic director, I mean, I really don't believe what he's saying. He said that he expected a clean version of the show, which is really crazy to me that um, this had to be a big setup when, like, they're installing these poles into the arena or however it took to set them up. It had to have been a long process that halfway through you would have had to have seen and been like, hey, what's going on here? Why are we doing this? Yeah, it's very, very odd, uh, in my opinion. But moving along, um, in California, they signed a new bill. Uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, signed a bill where college athletes are allowed to make endorsement money and profit off their likeness and uh, name. Um, so, Ben, what, what do you think about this law, and what do you think about paying college athletes? Because they are two very different things. I'm glad that you said they are two very different things because they are completely different. Paying college athletes is a whole other story, extremely complicated. I don't really want to get into it. This law I have no problem with. I am totally okay with athletes being paid for their likeness because simply it's it's them. Um, I know we play NCAA football 12 all the time. We were playing yesterday. Yep. Mark Ingram's on the cover of that. I'm guessing he got zero money for that game. But people love these games. People buy these games. I have no problem with somebody receiving money for their image. It's them. Do what you want with it. I, I 100% agree. Uh, paying college athletes is going to be very, very tough directly from the college. But profiting off your image, like, we can all do that. Why are college athletes not allowed when I'm allowed to do that? Now, no one wants to pay me for my image. But, I mean, someone like, you know, a Kyler Murray when he's in college, I mean, why wouldn't anyone want to pay money? You, you said uh, Derrick Henry on the cover. I mean, he didn't get any Mark money Ingram. for that. Mark, Mark Ingram, Mark excuse Ingram. me. Um, it, that's just crazy to me. Tre- Trevor, what do you think about this new law? Yeah, um, I, I agree with everything you said, Brandon. I'm, I'm definitely a proponent of this law. I think that, as you said, we, as normal students, we can profit off of our likeness, although we may not be able to. Um, and we also can work part-time jobs, which oftentimes with the busy schedules that athletes have, they are not able to do. So I think there's got to be some way where they're able to profit off their likeness, and I'm glad this is happening. Now, there are a few potential... Um, like negatives to this that could come out of like certain loopholes potentially with boosters but i think um overall this is a great law yeah i, I completely agree I, i'm all about this law i think we uh went three for three on the panel here in this law uh moving to someone who is profiting off of endorsement deals kyle kuzma signed a new deal with puma it's a 20 million dollar deal over five years so four million a year plus incentives um the interesting thing he was with nike before this um he's making twenty five thousand dollars a year for his i believe his first two years i think he's been in the league two years correct he was, uh, he was Lonzo's year. So yeah. Two or three. He's out of two or three. Um, but 25000 now to $4 million a year, that's a pretty good bump up. Uh, Trevor, what are your thoughts on this deal? Um, I think it's good for him. Um, we've talked about the offer he got from Nike, which was, I believe, was it $25,000? Mm-hmm. That was his out-of-rookie-year contract. And he was a late first-round pick, uh, mid to late. I think he was 17th or something like that. But but clearly this was his best offer as far as monetary value, so I think it was a no-brainer for him. And also he has the opportunity to be the face of Puma, 
which I think it's great to be the face of anything uh, as long as it's, you know, a positive message. Mm -hmm. So great for Kyle Kuzma. Ben, are you buying a Kyle Kuzma Puma item, whether it's shoes or clothing or a wristband, doesn't even matter? I would say there is a very high chance that I will never buy anything Kyle Kuzma Puma related. But I get where he's coming from. It seems to be kind of the trend. Puma's on the come up. They're signing mm -hmm. these younger players. I know DeAndre Ayton signed with them. I mm -hmm. think Marvin Bagley, right, yep. has mm -hmm. signed with Puma. I get where he's coming from. But at the same time, if I was an athlete, I would sign with Nike. My mm -hmm. backup would be Nike, yep. and my backup backup would be Nike. Yep, you said that as perfectly as I, I – it came out of my mouth pretty much. That was perfectly said. Um, so we'll just move along right from there um, to Jimmy Butler. Now, Jimmy Butler is in the news um, because this Tuesday he had practiced at 10 a.m. Um, and like every normal person in the world, he showed up a little bit early. Um, he showed up six and a half hours early actually at 3.30 a.m., so almost seven hours before practice, uh, six and a half to be exact. Um, that's a little crazy. Uh, Trevor, thoughts on Jimmy Butler – I mean, this is insane to come to practice six and a half hours early. Now, I'm a Miami Heat fan, and I'm glad that Jimmy Butler's on our team, but he definitely is an entertaining character. Um, he's he's a funny guy, so this is the type of stuff he does. Um, he's also a very hard worker. Um, so maybe, as I think we've talked about before the podcast, that maybe he's trying to be like Kobe, you know, have the, the mom mentality here. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think this is going to be a consistent thing. I think it's more of a little bit of a publicity stunt maybe. Maybe he's trying to portray how much of a hard worker he is here. Yeah, of course. Uh, ben, would you show up six and a half hours early to your job or class? Never, because at 3.30 a.m. I would be dead asleep in my bed, and mm -hmm. I'm not moving from that bed. But I kind of get where he's coming from. Like Trevor said, I want to say it's kind of a publicity thing. He's kind of been portrayed poorly in the media recently. I feel like he's doing this to kind of show that his team, hey, I'm here, I'm ready to work, I'm I'm going right. to be a good teammate, I'm going to do what it takes to win. But at the same time, six and a half hours early or whatever it is, that's crazy. I don't even know, I really don't know what you get out of that. Like, all, all it's going to do is you're going to be tired, you're going to take a nap. And what is he going to bed at like 6 p.m.? Like, I don't, I'm so, I want to ask him what his sleep schedule is like because I'm very interested. He probably never sleeps. Trevor, uh, if I was paying you $40 million a year over four years, um, would you show up? at 3.30 a.m. for a practice you don't need to be at until 10 a.m.? No, I would not. It's it's unnecessary. I would show up maybe half an hour early, maybe even an hour early, but six and a half hours early, mm -hmm. that's very um, unnecessary. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. It's probably a little unnecessary for sure. Uh, you know, the Kobe mentality has come into some players. You know, they want to be like Kobe and, you know, have his mentality. Um, this is definitely too early for me. I am not a morning bird at all. I like to sleep. We yes, you do. I can confirm that. <laughs> I like to sleep a lot. Um, so this one would not be for me. But moving along um, to NBA preseason basketball. Somehow we are talking about NBA preseason basketball on this podcast. But um, the first thing I want to talk about is the Pelicans held in open practice. Now, I, I have a question for both of you. Have you ever heard of an NBA open practice? Ever. Open scrimmage, whatever. I have never, never heard of it. I mean, what, what Trevor? I also have never heard of an open practice. I, know, I've never heard of this, NBA. but the Pelicans decided to hold one. They were in their practice jerseys. Some players um, were even in long sleeves at this practice, and they had over 10,000 fans come to an open practice. And my guess would be to see Zion Williamson. Is Zion the real—like, is this just so overzealous, the Zion mania? Yeah, I mean, Zion's a fun player to watch. He was very fun to watch at Duke. Um, and I think he's going to be fun to watch in the NBA. So, you know, I would if I was living around the New Orleans area, I would be just like a lot of those fans wanting to go see Zion. Mm -hmm. Ben, are you are you going to be one of these ten thousand fans if uh, if Zion was in your city? 
I would pay a lot of money to watch Zion Williamson do anything with a basketball and a hoop. I mm-hmm. completely get it. I am not arguing against it. I would do a lot of things to watch Zion do pretty much anything. I, I honestly, I agree. I, I love watching Zion. I think he's such an entertaining player. He's so fun. Um, he signed Jordan Brand, made a smart business decision there, not going to Puma. I agree with that. Um, but I, I would I completely agree. I, I would 100% be one of these 10,000 people. I'd love to go see Zion anytime, whether it's open practice or not open scrimmage, whatever they call. Um, there was a really cool dunk uh, he had with uh, Lonzo where they had the alley-oop, um, which was a big deal. Um, so that's very interesting. But moving on just a little bit more over to preseason basketball, um, where like the actual preseason, um, we had the Lakers versus Warriors. It was 123-101. Um, but we got some minutes out of Anthony Davis and LeBron. Uh, Anthony Davis scored 22 points on 10 rebounds and 2 assists. LeBron scored 15 on 8 assists and 3 rebounds. Um, and Javel McGee also had 13 rebounds and 10 assists, another double-double. So... Um, does this do anything for you? Does this really show like, hey, the Lakers are, you know, really like a top two, three team, Trevor? Uh, well, no, you can't have any over-exaggerations when it comes to the NBA preseason, but I do think the Lakers are going to be a fun team to watch. I think you, maybe you get to see a little bit more of the chemistry between LeBron and Anthony Davis and other players with Anthony Davis as well. We saw a couple alley-oops, you know, some easy dunks that Anthony Davis had, and he played very well in those 18 minutes at 22 points, 10 rebounds. So I think the Lakers are going to be a very solid team, but this game doesn't really necessarily tell us anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, are you surprised that I needed to talk about LeBron for the 30th straight episode? I am not one bit. You have a very strange obsession with LeBron James, but at the same time, it's justified because he is a wonderful human being. Mm -hmm. And the best basketball player of all time. He is. And at the same time, it's preseason basketball. They're not really getting a whole lot out of this other than I feel like Frank Vogel is maybe getting some looks at some different lineups, but it's preseason basketball. Not going to go too much into it because it doesn't really matter. Michael Mm -hmm. Jordan would like to have a word. (laughs) Uh, I would like to point out this was away. This was at the the new Chase Center. This was at the new uh, Warriors uh, Arena. Which is interesting. Um, I, I also am not going to lead too much into this. I guess it's a good sign that they're they're playing well, um, even if it is preseason basketball for the amount of time they played. Uh, but moving along, we're going to do small talk trivia like we normally have on uh, this podcast, but to be slightly different. Um, instead of Trevor and I coming up with questions for each other, we have our wonderful um, primary first choice guest, Ben O'Brien here. Um, he came up with a question for both of us um, and. Ben, whenever you're ready, you can ask whoever you want your their question first. All right. Both of my questions have to do with NBA records. Mm-hmm. So, Trevor, I'm going to start with you. My question for you is, what NBA player holds the record for most consecutive double-doubles in one season? And now this is since the NBA-ABA merger, which I think is like 1976 or something, something around there. Yeah. So who holds the most double-doubles in one season, consecutive double-doubles in one season since then? Okay, mm-hmm. so since about 1976, um, consecutive double-doubles mm-hmm. in one season. Um, I, I have two guesses here. I, I have two solid guesses, I think. Well, Russell Westbrook comes to my mind because he had a lot of triple-doubles um, in his uh, MVP season. I think he had like 42 or 43. Now, the question is how many of them were consecutive? I'm trying to think of other options here. Uh, but it's tough. Man, I think I'm just going to have to go with my first guess. I'm going to go Russell Westbrook. The answer is not Russell Westbrook. Ooh. It is Kevin Love. With oh, 53. Really? And okay. Is it really? Yes, it is. And I'm guessing that is when he was on the T-Wolves because he was a monster on the boards he was, of the T-Wolves. He was a monster. He, that monster did not come over to Cleveland. It so did not. It did not translate. He stayed in Minnesota. I think he liked the cold or whatever. But uh, I, I, my two guesses would have been Russell Westbrook or James Harden. I'm very surprised it was Kevin Love. Um, but uh, score stays at 13-10. to 10. Um, Ben, whenever you are ready. All right, Brandon. Your question is, which NBA player holds the record for most consecutive shots made in a single game without a miss? So okay. this person made 
consecutive shots in a game without missing a single shot. Gotcha. Uh, can I can I get it? Are they are they a current player? It is not a current player. Okay. So I have one of. It's gonna be one of these three. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw three names out there. The three names I'm gonna throw out. Uh, it's either gonna be Kareem, Wilt, <laughs> or um. Fen's <laughs> making me laugh over here. Kareem Wilt, or I'm guessing Oscar Robinson would be. It's one of those three. It's not my final guess, but I, I'm guessing it's going to be one of those three. Um, I know you like Oscar Robinson. I'm. You could put a question on him, but I know you know those big guys back in the day. They just shot inside five feet. Um, I have a feeling it's Will. I'm, I'm going to go with Will Chamberlain. I think that's going to be my final guess. It is Will Chamberlain. Ooh. He went 18 for 18 in a game Let's one go. time, and I like to point out that. He is also second on the list, third on the list, and tied for fourth on that oh same list. Oh, my God. Wow. That's impressive. A lot of easy right. buckets. As he, I mean, he, all of his shots are inside. Hey, he changed the game, man. Changed the game. Feet. Um, so the score is now 13 to 11. I'm, I'm slowly climbing back here after your, like, five weeks of lucky guesses. Um, <laughs> so we're going to move on to randomly ranked, and this is a segment where we take a completely random topic and we rank it. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, Non-sports themed, as always. Um, today is going to be top three favorite cookies. Um, ben, I, I would like to start with you today, if that's all right. Yeah, no problem. My number three favorite cookie. Okay. Peanut butter cookie. I like that. There is nothing wrong with peanut butter cookie. It is delicious. You cannot go wrong with peanut butter pretty much in anything. I love peanut butter, especially in a cookie. Mm-hmm. That is my number three. My number two, Brandon, I feel like you're going to like this one. Okay. And Trevor, you're probably going to like this one as well. I'm going to go with M&M cookies. Mm-hmm. You're two Good for choice. two. I'm not a huge fan of M&Ms by themselves, but M&Ms in anything... I love. M&M cookies are delicious. Mm-hmm. My number one favorite cookie, pretty basic, but you cannot go wrong with chocolate chip cookie. Okay. It is delicious. Do not mess with it. It is the best cookie in my opinion. You went three for three there. I like all of those, Ben. Uh, Trevor, why don't we go over on, on over to you. Top three favorite cookies. All right. So mine are going to be a little basic, and they're also pretty similar to Ben's. So I'm going to start with number three. It's going to be M&M cookies. Um, mm-hmm. They're great with milk. They're great in ice like cream this. sandwiches. Uh, all around great cookie. Number two, I'm going to go with oatmeal raisin. Okay, oatmeal that's disgusting. Oatmeal raisin is great. No, that's disgusting. I disagree with that. But I, I was not always a fan of oatmeal raisin. You, you know, shouldn't and, be. You know, when I was a little kid, you know, kind of like Brandon, I, I, I <laughs> didn't really like them as much. But I have, you know, I've grown to love oatmeal raisin mm-hmm. cookies. You've grown to love bad food. <laughs> and number one, I got to go with OG again. I know it's boring, but chocolate chip, they are the best cookie. Uh, deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. All right, my top three. I'm gonna give an honorable mention to red velvet cookies. Red velvet anything is phenomenal. Red velvet cupcakes. Oh my god, it's dirty how good those are. Number three, I'm gonna have to go with Oreo. Ben, ben stop making me laugh. Let, let, let me let me. Hey, do, I'm just being stuff. me, man. I'm just being me. <laughs> Number three, I'm gonna have to go with Oreos. Uh, I I love Oreos. Uh, we we got Oreos this past week shopping. Um, Ben, I ate them in like what? I mean, how many days did I eat them in? It was a dangerously low amount. I'm pretty of days. sure I blinked and they were gone. So <laughs> I don't really it was remember. Like but three days. It was impressive. I'm, I was impressed. I was egging you on. I wanted you to fin- I wanted to see how fast you. You definitely egged me on. I fin- I could have finished them pretty fast. I tried to hold off, and they lasted until about like Monday or Tuesday. Um, my number two is going to be the, also an M&M cookie. Uh, again, just a classic cookie. Uh, I like M&Ms no matter what, unlike Ben. But um, overall, a great cookie. And number one, I, I know we're all boring, but it is truly the best cookie. Chocolate chip cookies. You cannot go wrong. Um, I don't know how Oatmeal Raisin made it onto a top three or five or ten or seven million, um, but somehow it did. But chocolate chip does take the, uh, the cake. Oh, good one. (laughs) Um, In our uh, top favorite cookies. Um, So we're going to move along to our main topic here. Um, In our main topic, we're kind of going to split it off into two. The first part is going to be about college football. The second part will be about the NFL. Um, To start off college football, we're going to talk about who we think is the best team currently in the NCAA. Um, So 
Trevor, I think I'm going to start off with you today. Um, who do you, who is your number one team right now? Uh, my number one team right now is Alabama. You know, year in year out, they have so much talent. You know, probably the most talented team almost every year. So it, I know it maybe is a little boring, just like my cookie selections, but Alabama is the best. Clemson, you know, they're up there with them as well, but that game against North Carolina was a little bit of a maybe just slightly concerning. So we'll see with Clemson, but Alabama is the best team right now. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe there are five really good teams in uh, college football currently, and there are four that are, like, really, really amazing. Um, and those five being in not any particular order, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Georgia. I think Ohio State is that 15, but those top four teams are all decently close. I think Alabama and Clemson have a leg up, and I think they're both very, very close. I'm not as scared about the North Carolina close game. Um, however, I do still think it's Alabama. I mean, you have a player like Tua Tugavailo has completed almost 76.5% of his passes. He's 1,700 yards, 23 touchdowns. No interceptions. You have Najee Harris, who is a beast, averaging six yards a carry. And you have the four-headed animal at receiving, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, and Jalen Waddell. Um, it's too much. I, I would have to put Alabama just a little bit above Clemson, but they're so close. And I know it's boring, again, but I want to see them in the college football playoff final because I want to see the two best teams, and they are the two best teams. So, Ben, wh- what is your best team currently right now? I'm going to have to go with the Alabama Crimson Tide, as boring as it is. Until they prove me wrong, I'm going to go with them. I, mm-hmm. I love Clemson. I love Dabo Spoon. I love Trevor Lawrence. But Alabama's better. And like you said, their receiving core is through the roof. I know you talked about a couple weeks ago with the rock, paper, scissors thing. Yep. They, they're just having fun. Their defense is always reliable. They have the best coach in college football. Until they prove me wrong, I'm going with the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I am not upset about that. Mm-hmm. Went three for three off the board here also. So we're going to actually uh, move on over to a slightly different we're gonna kind of change turns a little bit uh we're gonna go with our biggest surprise so far uh you know six weeks however many weeks five weeks we are through football college football um ben i'm actually gonna start with you here uh who is your biggest surprise this year my biggest surprise in college football this year is the florida gators i i mean i didn't know i didn't i did not do any research like prior to the season i didn't know how good they were going to be i know they had felipe franks who has been hurt but their backup quarterback kyle trask i have been extremely impressed with he has done really well I remember when I was watching the game yesterday, they were saying how he's like the most soft-spoken dude you will ever meet, but on the field, he balls, and I'm super impressed with him. I, I thought Auburn was going to win yesterday. I was high on Bo Nix. He did not impress me. The Florida Gators and Dan Mullen, I'm very impressed with them right now. Mm-hmm. Trevor, biggest surprise college football. You know, I got to agree 100%. Florida is the biggest surprise for me, and I was down on them at the beginning of the season. I thought the preseason rank, I think it was like eight or nine, something like that, and I thought that was way too high after I saw that Miami game. I... You know, I was like, I don't think this team's all that good. But yesterday, you know, an impressive performance, an impressive performance against Auburn, who I thought Auburn was going to win the game, they didn't. So, Florida's my big, biggest surprise. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Wisconsin here as my biggest surprise. Uh, I thought Wisconsin was a good team. I didn't think they were a great team, and they're showing me how they are a really, really great team. Jonathan Taylor looks unstoppable and while obviously I am a Michigan fan with no bias Michigan still is a good team I mean they're not a great team in any measure but they still are a good team and they whipped Michigan I mean they killed them so Wisconsin looks almost unstoppable to me and I'm very excited for like a potential Ohio State play or even like a Penn State play Um, Penn State now creeping into the top 10 I think so it's gonna be very interesting when they play those teams um, you know what happens um, because Wisconsin has just been so unstoppable to me um, so uh, there is our biggest surprises of college football. We're going to actually move over now into the NFL. 
Um, and our first major question, first major topic is about the Los Angeles Rams. Who are the Los Angeles Rams? Are they good? Okay. Do we think the Los Angeles Rams are good? Trevor, I'm going to start off with you. Um, I think right now they're not playing as great as uh, their potential is. I think that by the end of the season, they will be one of the two best teams in the NFC if they aren't already. I think right now maybe I say Saints and Cowboys are the two best, maybe with them third. But by the end of the season, I think they will be one of the two best teams. Obviously, the Buccaneers game was not good, giving up 55 points. And Jared Goff, he's still a young quarterback, not playing so well right now. Seven interceptions, seven touchdowns with uh, uh, the QB rating not so great. He's 20th in the league. So I think they're, you know, they're, they're growing, and I think they will improve throughout the season. Yeah, uh, so right now the, the, the Rams are 3-2. and two. They won at the Panthers. Um, they won at home versus the Saints, won at Cleveland, won versus the Buccaneers at home, or lost versus the Buccaneers at home 55-40, and then lost at Seattle by 1 point, 30-29 at last second play. I'm still holding on to my stock of the Rams. I, I'm still a believer in the Rams. I think they have not played to their potential, and they've played relatively well. I'm not going to down a team for one bad game. I don't think the Buccaneers are atrocious, but they're definitely not a good team, and they're definitely probably in the bottom half. But, I mean, you look at some of the stats, like Jared Goff, is his QBR isn't high at all. Todd Gurley hasn't been playing as well as Todd Gurley has normally played. You look at Aaron Donald's getting quadruple teamed every single play. So I am not selling the Rams at all, at all. Um, I, I think they're still going to be a great team. I think they're one of the better teams in the NFC. So I'm still buying on the Rams. Um, I'm not going to sell my stock quite yet. Uh, ben, what are your thoughts? Are you, are you still on the Rams bandwagon? I still think they're good. They're not great. And, I mean, they have just have not looked good these past two weeks. They gave up 55 points to the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston, I strongly believe, is not a good quarterback. They gave up 55 points. That is unacceptable. They have probably the best defensive player in Aaron Donald. And this, I'm not impressed. I still think they, they're a good team. I still think they will be fine. But at this moment... They are a good team. They are not a great team. That is what I have to say about them. Yeah, so we're going to kind of move over to the NFC as a whole. Um, and the NFC is very jam-packed. There's only one undefeated team in the NFC. There's only three undefeated teams in football. Um, there's a lot of one-loss teams. Um, there's a lot of teams over 500 in the NFC. Um, so who is the best team in the NFC to you? Ben, I'm actually going to start with you here. Um, who is your top team? Who do you think comes out of the NFC? I believe strongly that the best team in the NFC is the New Orleans Saints. And yes, Drew Brees is hurt, but Teddy Bridgewater, he's got the job done these past couple weeks without Drew Brees being there. I mean, they played the Cowboys. They held them to 10 points, and the Cowboys have a great offense. They have Amari Cooper, who I know Brandon is very high on. Um, I, I'm, I'm not worried about the Saints. I think they will be just fine. Drew Brees will come back eventually. They've looked good without their best player. I think they will be just fine, and they will come out of the NFC. Mm-hmm. Trevor? Yeah, I got to agree with you again here, Ben. I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC. Um, they will be by the end of the season for sure, and I do have them going to the Super Bowl. I think when you have a healthy Drew Brees, I think their defense has improved, that I think they will go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, like Ben said, a big believer in Amari Cooper, and I'm an enormous believer in the Dallas Cowboys. I am majorly buying their stock. I love everything about the Dallas Cowboys. They have the highest uh, point differential in the NFC at 51 points. Next closest is 42, uh, which is the 49ers. I don't think the 49ers will hold forever here. They're not a fabulous team. I think they're good, not great. The Dallas Cowboys, to me, are really, really good. Um, I think the Saints are great. I'm very excited to see when Drew Brees comes back 
what's going to happen with those two teams um, when they, you know, hopefully they can duke it out in the uh, NFC side of the playoffs. Um, but the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, just from, you look at every aspect of their team. Tyrone Smith did just get hurt, which is a big, big loss. Um, hopefully he can come back. I'm, I'm not 100% sure of the length of his injury. Um, but Dak Prescott has been fabulous. I'm a big believer in him. Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, they've been just phenomenal. Um, you look at their defense with Lander, Vec, Lander X. Um, they're just good. They're such a solid team. I know the 3-1, they did uh, have that loss. But I am a true, true believer in the Dallas Cowboys. I just want to say I am extremely impressed with their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. This dude's like 30. Yeah, he's, he's young. He retired two years ago from the NFL. Mm-hmm. He was their quarterback's coach last year. Now he's the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. He has a lot of talent. I get it, but I'm impressed. He's a 30-year-old. I mean, he's a coordinator who's 30 years old, and he's got probably one of the best offenses in the NFL. It's crazy to me. And the craziest thing to me is that I don't think the Cowboys have played their best football. I think they've played really good football, but not their best. So I, I truly see the, the Cowboys coming out on top, uh, but in a close race, there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. Um, to wrap up today's episode, we're going to go over our quick prediction. Um, ben, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you first uh, for your quick prediction. My quick prediction is that my beloved Cincinnati Bengals, who play the Arizona Cardinals today and Kyler Murray, they will not only win and get their first win of the season, they will cover. They are three-point favorites. They will cover the spread. They will win 21-17. How they score 21 points, I have no idea. It'll be magic. But they are going to get the win today. As much as I do not want them to, I think they will get the win. Mm-hmm. I actually severely disagree. I think the Cardinals are actually pretty good. And Kyler Murray is definitely good. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the the throw-everywhere offense they have uh, in Arizona. But uh, my, my quick prediction today is that Jay Gruden will be fired within the next month. I am not a believer in Jay Gruden. I think he's not a great coach. Um, I think Haskins should be playing while other people think differently. But Haskins should be playing despite the bad performance last week. Um, we have a game of unbeatens next Saturday between LSU and Florida. I believe that LSU will win that, though it'll be a very good game. All right. Uh, with that being said, we are going to wrap up the episode today. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, thank you to our special guest, Ben. Ben, what are your socials uh, for us to follow My you? Instagram and Twitter is B underscore O'Brien3. Very nice. I like it. Um, please follow all of us on Twitter. Um, the Small Baller Podcast Twitter is at Small Baller Pod. Um, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to. Tune in. All of that. You can subscribe. Leave us a review and a comment. Tweet at us. We love to hear your opinions. Um, thank you to our sub-in producer today, Chip. Thank you very much, Chip. Max, we know you're here in spirit. Um, you're amazing. We'll see you next week. Um, uh, but with that being said, thank you all so much, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons.